This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. I love Doug Lyman. I think he makes the yeah. exact kind of movie that is easy to watch on cable. And Willis. It's one of those things that everyone has this mentality of cable bad. Mm-hmm. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. We have some very interesting things to talk about this week, dear listener. From Madam Webb to Doug Lyman, we're going to talk about all of it. All of your favorites right here on Pixel Splitters. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Madam Webb first and foremost because it came out last week. And that's about all we can say about it. And will clearly be number one on the Sight and Sound oh, Top 100. I mean, films of all time. Uh, this is making my Oscar ballot already for 2025. Like it's yeah. it's clear clear right right down the middle. Um, we then got to talk about Doug Lyman, a filmmaker that I think both of us like, don't love, but he makes some really really entertaining movies. Um, and he is having a feud with Amazon because he has a new movie coming out, and they're not doing exactly what he wants. Uh, as the streamers tend to do. And then we're going to talk about a little merger between two major streamers. Major is an overstatement. Two streamers, I'll say, that are probably yeah. not doing super hot if they're merging And also together. potential merger, but yes. Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about the streaming wars and all of that good stuff. But before we do that, let me talk about what's coming out this week. Uh, interesting. We're, we're, we're getting to the end of February now, and uh, things aren't looking as up as i would have wanted them to look <laughs> and it's not getting any better it's really not uh we have drive away dolls this is the ethan cohen solo directed yeah. film um which looks interesting uh i don't know if i would say it looks good but it looks interesting you know can i say it's ethan cohen there was a movie that one of them did on their own previously yes the tragedy of Macbeth was joel yes okay so this, so this i believe is, is ethan's first solo all right because i remember wondering like oh is it just going to be joel cohen doing things from now on? from now on yeah but i yeah. they're they're splitting completely and uh, mm. it's funny because they are coming back together at some point to do a horror movie which i'm like very excited about but alas um this is i believe maybe his first solo gotcha. so we'll see what happens i mean the cohen brothers were we love you know as a as a duo are incredible yeah i think the tragedy of Macbeth is is interesting and pretty good it's not my favorite of their movies but so this i'm i'm i'll check it out there's not i've seen all of them so i'm not gonna not check yeah. this out um we also have ordinary angels coming out on the third on the 23rd uh and then everybody tenant hive tenant is being re-released in imax on february 23rd as well they're doing a 70 millimeter print so if you can find it check it out because tenant honestly rocks it's not like coherent but it's fucking awesome like <laughs> it's really really cool um, so that's what's coming for theaters, for streaming, for shows. We have Messi's World Cup, The Rise of a Legend, hitting Apple TV Plus on the 21st. We have Avatar, The Last Airbender, it's hitting here. Netflix on the 22nd. It's here, dear listener. I, uh, I am getting a little more worried. A couple of clips have started coming out, and I'm like, oh boy. It, it, Standing alone, I'm kind of like, this is this feels a little forced, but it, yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll check it out, and we'll report back next week, but I'm not... I'm not, yep. my hopes are not super high. Um, yep. We also have Formula One Drive to Survive hitting Netflix on the 23rd as well. And The Walking Dead keeps cranking them out. We have The Ones Who Live, which is, I believe, a new series uh, coming yep. to AMC on the 25th. 
Holy shit. Who would have thought the zombie show? (laughs) I don't understand if they've got all of these people that are still willing to continue making Walking Dead shows. Yeah. Why not just continue the Walking Dead? (laughs) You know what I mean? You couldn't write yourselves out of the corner you'd made and like. It's the same people. It's it's all the same people. And like people that left the show a long time. I mean, I, I'm behind on The Walking Dead, but oh, I'm pretty sure know. Rick, who is back in The Ones Who Lived, mm-hmm. like left the show several seasons ago, mm-hmm. but is now willing to come back. I'm like, that's your season premiere of The Walking Dead. Like he's back. Yeah. Like why spin off? <laughs> it's so weird to me. I don't understand. I would to be a fly on the uh, <laughs> on the wall of a AMC executive meeting i don't know it's the walking dead as a whole i think every year they're like really you want more okay uh well we'll bring these two characters back and pop them in this city and call it a day i think they're just like whatever people want to keep watching it i don't i don't understand but that's the thing like all three of these new shows are starting at the same I time know. <laughs> i know i don't know i don't know i've i I'll never understand. I stopped watching after season three, so I'm long overdue for maybe <laughs> catching up on it. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. that's what's coming out for shows. For movies, we have Becoming King hitting Paramount Plus on the 19th. We have Mike Epps, colon, ready to sell out, hitting Netflix on the 20th, which is his new special. And then we have All of Us Strangers hitting Hulu on the 22nd. And I highly recommend people check that out. Beautiful, that strange, surreal movie. Um, so that is what's coming out this week dear listener and without further ado i am so excited to talk about madam web so is excited madam, the word uh, <laughs> i you know what i am i'm not excited about the movie i'm excited to talk about it and you will hear all about my thoughts on the film because i have seen it on this upcoming tuned in but yeah Madam Web, this is the latest Sony entry into the MCU, sort of, but not really. It's just so it's just Marvel. I really don't know where these well, things it's just fit. Sony, yeah. Yeah, but it's like in association with Marvel Studios. It's like weird because it's not a Marvel property and it's not part of the MCU, but like Yeah. It kind of is, if like Venom is. I well, don't. it's weird, yeah, because we have that whole thing with like Venom showing up in I mean, like in the spider universe or whatever, the whole no way home thing kind of right. <laughs> blurred all those lines. So. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So who knows? Madam Web could be coming. But anyway, uh, yeah, Madam Web premiered on Thursday of last week. And I will say this is, I believe, now the worst performing superhero movie to date in its Ooh, first no. opening weekend. I saw it has um, it made 50 million. So by a million dollars, it has beaten new mutants oh i forgot all about which that was one. the movie that they made and then shelled for like six years <laughs> and then they were like uh i think it was when fox got bought they were like should we just put this out and they did and they did and it made no money and they were like that's fine whatever and it was horrible um okay so you know what madam webb you beat new mutants that's pretty good uh but yeah it pulled in a whopping 51 million dollars in its entire worldwide opening weekend uh, which is absolutely insane. And I'll say it's not even just the weekend. It premiered on Wednesday, which is Valentine's Day. So it had five yeah. days instead of three, and it pulled yeah. in $51 million. Um, yeah. I will say for reference, the Marvels pulled in $110 million worldwide in its opening weekend, and Morbius managed to somehow sneak in $84 million worldwide in its opening yeah. weekend. Um, this is really bad. 
this is like next level bad. And not just because the movie's bad, because the movie has insane press. I mean, Madam Webb has been everywhere. Dakota Johnson yeah. and Sidney Sweeney are on the press tour. And if that doesn't make you want to at least see the movie, kind of, I don't, nothing will, because Dakota Johnson just clearly doesn't give a fuck. Like, she's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll never watch it. Well, you and know? Dakota Johnson, yeah, like, didn't, <laughs> seems to really have not liked this movie at all. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. Um, it's weird because I think me and you last week were like, well, if Deadpool does really well, this could yeah. turn the tide slightly for the superhero genre. I weirdly think that this was the nail in the coffin because I think yeah. this on the back of Aquaman, which was on the back of The Flash, which was on the back of Shazam, it just is not a good look. And people have been yeah. kind of duped over and over and over again to being like, well... These movies that we paid 25 bucks to go see fucking suck. And this is like the pinnacle of just not worth the time or money. Yeah. Well, and like, I feel like the Sony verse of its in of itself. Yeah. Is not doing that good. You know, I think Sony verse kind of stumbled into something with the success of Venom. Yeah. But like since then, I mean, Venom 2 that we got was really, I guess, the only other one that's that's come out in this. But like Morbius. Oh, Morbius. Yeah, you're right. But like, uh, you know, these these aren't working and they have they've never worked. Yes. You know, um, I think a lot of Venom success is because it's of Venom. Tom Hardy. Well, and it's also yeah. Ven- like people know who Venom is. Who's Morbius? Yeah. Like <laughs> who's Morbius? Who's Madam Web? Yeah. I, like, it, yeah. And the same thing. I mean, we still have Craven the Hunter. I know, coming, you know, from the same studio later this year. So. I, I think you're right. I think this is with something like this, it coming in at like the lowest of all time. It beat out the we don't give a fuck movie. The one that nobody knows you know, exists, um, to be quite honest. Yeah. Like <laughs> that to me is every studio has got to be in its boardroom right now. Going like, do we want to put money into this? Yeah. Like, do we? Or is there something else that's going to. You know, it's not, I mean, like, you know, you look five years ago, like in back in 28, what year is it? 2019, like they were still killing it. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was trying to avoid saying Endgame because in my head I was like, I don't remember what year Endgame was, but like, (laughs) yeah, it's like one of the biggest movie events of all time. But now it's just like, I mean, we're back to like the early 2000s kind of era of like Electra and Fantastic Four and Daredevil and all that kind of stuff, which like were not good movies, you know? Um, yeah. Like period. Like period. Yeah. Um, I do think I, I want to shout out. I think this got caught up kind of in production hell for sure. Um, I read something that this was originally meant to be set in the nineties. Yep. And then you they were like, <laughs> and then they were like, Oh, actually it has to line up with the, something else yes um yes so it's weird because i want to be like maybe the lesson they'll take is like studio interference bad but like i Mm. don't think that's ever gonna be what they take away from it um no executives will never point the finger at themselves to say oh you know what it's actually us is the problem so they're they're gonna say no the filmmaking was bad the filmmaker was bad which i don't think is the case this is clearly like they did the same thing that they always do which is they pluck a relatively obscure filmmaker who has a lot of talent out from wherever they were. 
yeah. because they know that one they can direct and you know fall right in line but they also yeah. know that they're not going to put up any fight when you say well no we're going to have to change this because they don't have any kind of credibility to do that because i think sj clarkson who directed this film is not a there's no way she's a bad filmmaker she's been working in this industry for like 20 years and like yeah. doing some amazing tv work so i'm like there's just no way she's bad um and none of the actors are bad so and, yeah. you know i think the budget was just under just shy of a hundred million dollars which is you know that's in the morbius range of about 80 million dollars yeah. it's um, not you know the 250 million we spent on some of these things you know exactly quantumania right exactly but i think that it will make studios look at green lighting anything that's even close to this expensive because if deadpool yeah. doesn't do well I mean, that's officially it. And I think that's like Deadpool, I think, is going to do well. Yeah, I, yeah, I think people will. are just like hyped up about it. But like, you know, that's going to be like an outlier. You know what right. I mean? Like, I think the real question comes when we get to X-Men and Fantastic Four. Like, yeah. And I don't like I'm not super hyped about it. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Like and they're years out. You know, um, I think they just got pushed again. I know Blade finally Mahershala has a script that he's like, it's, you know, it's getting there. And I'm like, good. Well, I know the man has taste. Yeah. So if you, if he's not into it, but yeah, I wonder at this point, is there a level or a film that could come out that would put all of, cause you know, they're, they're scheduled out to like 2030 almost at yeah. this point. That'll just put a stop to it all. Like they Marvel is in dire straits and they all are right now. Yeah. You know, Jim Gunn has his um, new DCEU revamping, but I'm like, not at a good a, time, I man. Mean, he, I would bet he's got 10 <laughs> movies lined up in there. You know what I mean? And Easy. I'm like, like, that's a question. Is there something that's going to pull everyone back? And like, I don't think there is. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think there's a level to which the industry as a whole is shrinking. You know, totally. I was just looking. There hasn't been a movie yet this year and it's only February, but yet this year that's broken $100 million. Yeah. Domestically, you, know, you mean? Which isn't, yes, domestically. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, because I think the um, weirdly the beekeeper is like raking it up overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but like the beekeeper, okay, so I have the whole thing here. So there's two movies that have broken $100 million worldwide, and that's yep. the beekeeper and Mean Girls. Yep. Um, But like below that, like number three is Bob Marley, which also came out this past weekend. Right. Um, So I think... To go back to my point, I think the industry as a whole is shrinking. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think we're going to get back. Like, I think it's going to be a very long time before we have anything that hits a billion again. Yeah. Like, that's what I keep. That's all of the things I see that are like, all right, like, what's the next billion dollar movie? And people are like, oh, it's going to be Deadpool. Like, because Deadpool is the best, you know, or it's going to be Joker 2, which I'm like, no, it's no, not. it's not. I um, mean, maybe, but I doubt it. <laughs> Yeah, like the only thing that's going to do it is maybe Dune. Maybe. Eh. I think Dune will get up there, but it's not going to hit the whole thing. And and then we've still got avatars, and avatars don't exist within rules. Right. So, they, they, you know, it's just going to break a billion dollars because it's an avatar movie. Like it guaranteed uh, will. Yeah. 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 I think Avatar 2 broke $2 billion, right? Like, yeah, it's like the second highest chaos. grossing movie ever. Yeah. Um, But like, I, we're not doing that anymore and no it's gonna be one of those things you gotta stop swinging for that billion and swing for the you know 500 million we'll say yeah you know? and that changes the whole equation yeah you know that becomes if 
Madam Web, if we want Madam Web to be a five hundred million dollar movie, mm-hmm. Madam Web's maybe a bad example. But like, <laughs> if we want the Thunderbolts, sure, which is is been bleeding. Oh, characters! All of their cast, cast is gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we want that to be a five hundred million dollar movie, that changes the whole equation. You know what I mean? Because if we're getting to five hundred million, then we're going to spend less on it because we want more profits mm-hmm. and you know all that kind of like it's just we're yeah. due for a correction of what we're making, and I think that's what Madam Webs is going to do. Is like mm. this, this interconnected big world isn't working anymore yeah and i think they were gonna i think madam web was meant to be the kickoff of like a big franchise i mean it's the origin story of four different characters that we will literally never see on screen again um that never even got i mean spoilers for madam web they never even got power like it's it's to the point where you're like what the fuck was this whole thing you know um and i I still think think I still think Sony is trying to build to a Sinister Six movie, which they've been trying to do since like 2005. Dude, what an abysmal Sinister Stick. You've got fucking Morbius, Madam Web, Venom, Craven the Hunter. Like, dude, like this is not good. (laughs) Yeah. This is deeply not good. It's weird because those aren't even like the top tier ones. I don't know what's going on. Like, I I just have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It's so weird because I think like... (laughs) The Sinister Six have pretty much appeared in all of, like, all of the Sinister Six have appeared in a Spider-Man yes. movie. Yes, yeah. You yeah. know, we're talking Doc Ock, we're talking Rhino. Electro, we're talking Rhino. Um, Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Green, yeah. Um, Vulture. Vulture. There's another one there I'm forgetting, but. Sandman. I don't um, know who's in the, the Sinister Six. Lizard. Let's Google founding members of the sinister six here we go let's go go. down the nerd hole for a hot second uh we got doc ock who is like the guy yeah he's creates it uh there's electro there's craven there's mysterio oh there's sandman and vulture so we've seen them all in one way like there's other ones that show up later on but like you know yeah we've seen them all so i'm like uh, well except for craven i guess but he's coming but we will see craven and like nobody wants a sinister six movie you know what I mean? No one cares. <laughs> I will. We can move on. Is I will. I will end it here. I feel like, and again, haven't seen it, but I feel like Madam Web was touching on something that could be where this is going to go. Of it's not about superheroes, like saving the world, big scope. Mm. You know, Iron Man v Thanos. Like right. It's about like stories about characters that are not just people. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Like I always, I, 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 I said it was gonna be the last thing, but I always think <laughs> if there's a, a um, there's a Spider-Man villain named Chameleon, mm-hmm. who can basically like look like anyone, mm. you know? And he's like a four higher mercenary. And I'm like, that's a great fucking premise. That's like, amazing. Write that movie. But as like a, you know, Soviet spy movie. Yeah. You know, and then this guy is just like the ultimate covert dude, you right, know. Right. But like, don't write it as like superhero movie. Write it as spy thriller. Right. And like, just have these things, but like pull us to a different genre because the big genre is not working anymore. Right. But do it different than Secret Invasion. <laughs> well, yes. 
But even like that's the thing is Secret Invasion was big scope. I know. It was like this whole civilization is trying to like. Right. Like kind of. Thing. I'm like, no, like, let's have fucking imagine if the scrolls, it was just like, you know, them trying to like overthrow like a mayor or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and take any control government. of a house of parliament. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's as opposed compelling. to like the world is on the line. Yeah. And now we have a super scroll that has every power in the, and, and it's oh, like ever. it always yeah. leads yeah. to the same bullshit every single and time. And that character is just going to be out in the MCU forever. Yeah, will we ever see Amelia Clark again? Like that's I, I I had this thought a lot during the Marvels of like there's a lot at play in the MCU that's just never gonna get resolved anymore. Oh yeah. You know, there's so many things that have just been kinda like, oh, maybe, and you're like, no, that's yep. not gonna come back. Yep. Will we ever see the celestial that's sticking out of the earth <laughs> after Eternals? I don't know. Nobody has ever brought it up. So I doubt it. It's they've opened way too many cans of worms to do anything yeah. about it. And Madam Web is just like, like a hat on a hat on a hat of this problem where like, I don't even remember the villain or what the villain's name was. Like it's, 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 it got, it's gotten too yeah. big to the point where like, they don't even care as much anymore. And, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Madam Web disastrous in every sense of the word. Um, I really hope good things for everybody involved because I think that it was not anyone's fault. I think there was a lot of tinkering, um, especially moving the time period a decade in it up. Just like, like what? You can't do that. Three man. decades? Like, <laughs> three decades? I don't know. Does it take place in current times? No, it takes place in 2003. Oh. Which yeah, like, right. why? I don't know. Because they're like, this is sure. the closest we can <laughs> it get. it took them 10 years to make it. <laughs> it's like, it's the closest we could get to the 90s without it being weird. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of weird... Definitely. Yeah. Doug Lyman. <laughs> Love him. Speaking of weird and thinking about like, yeah. Um, yeah. Doug Lyman. Um, you know, we, you talked about Doug Lyman the other week with Mr. And Mrs. Smith. We're always bringing up yeah. edge of tomorrow and jumper. I, I love Doug Lyman. I think he makes the yeah. exact kind of movie that is easy to watch on cable. Um, Doug Lyman <laughs> has remade roadhouse. Yes. The classic Patrick Swayze joint. Um, crazy Swayze because everybody needed that again not like Roadhouse isn't amazing like you you can't you can just go watch it now um but he's remade it with Jake Gyllenhaal and Conor McGregor and it is produced by Amazon and it is not getting a theatrical release and Doug Lyman's fucking pissed about that not that they I'm sure they told him prior that it wasn't getting a theatrical release <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you think I mean that seems to me that like if if they were gonna be like yeah Doug we're not gonna release this he'd have been like all right bye I'm not making it like yeah he's very vocal about this kind of stuff and I feel like there's some kind of switch or something that happened here at some point yeah but that's speculative I don't know yes but either way Amazon is deciding not to put this movie in theaters, although they definitely could, they've done it in the past. And Doug Lyman has boycotted, he boycotted the premiere of the film at South by Southwest. Um, and he's now calling to boycott the film in general, watching it on prime, which is the weirdest thing that any filmmaker has really done. Um, yeah, but this is like, 
one of the first cases of filmmaker versus a streamer that I can actually see in real time happening. We yeah. see, you know, Marty talk about Marvel and Ridley Marty talk and about Spielberg. things, yeah. you know, but they, it's never like, fuck this, you should do this. Because they're yeah. like, whatever. They're, they're, uh, maybe it's because Doug Lyman's a little bit younger and they're just kind of like, if you keep giving me $200 million to make Napoleon cool, you know? Well, and I think uh, Doug Lyman is not quite in the same echelon as like Martin Scorsese sure. and Steven Spielberg. You know what I mean? <laughs> not like, even I think close. that's safe to say. Uh, <laughs> and so it's like, it's not one of those, his word is like unimpeachable kind of thing. Totally. You know, like, so yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a battle going on. Um yeah, and it kind of highlights for me and I think for a lot of people where the divide is between streamers and theaters because I think a lot of the general population is like, well, everything can exist in harmony and it can all be, you know, everyone can get a piece of the pie. Yeah. But really, if you think about it, streamers don't want you to go to a theater. I mean, they would make some yeah. money doing that, but they don't really care. They made this for X amount of dollars, and the re- the way that they're going to recoup those losses is if you subscribe to that service yeah. and then continue watching it. What they want is for you to be on their site, not just yeah. to watch the movie. I mean, the movie is almost kind of like a wash for a lot of these places. They're like, well, good or bad, it's if you watch it, that's good for us. So it's yeah. like this weird streamers like don't like it might seem obvious, but they don't want theaters to kind of be around. It's not good. Well, for- and there's a lot of there's a lot of overhead with releasing something in a theater. Totally. You know what I mean? And yeah. like it's not like they're still sending film prints and all that kind of stuff. But like you got to cut in the theater. You got to cut in like all of this different stuff that goes into releasing something in a theater. Totally. And, you know, you have to do like a theatrical advertising campaign for it and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas like. If you're just uploading it to your service, not that that is without costs, but for less. I would bet at the end of the at the end of the calculation, it's cheaper to just release it there. And, you know, like it's weird. I, I feel weird talking about this in relation to Roadhouse <laughs> because Roadhouse to me really feels like a watch it at home kind of movie. I know. I know. There's, I, I don't know. I mean, and like, I don't know if I'll be watching this movie. I love the original Roadhouse. And kind yeah. of like you said, I'm like, I could just go watch the original Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing to Roadhouse that I'm like, this is worth seeing in a theater. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you see things like Dune or you see things like Top Gun Maverick or you see things like here's me just listing the fucking movies I've seen in theaters. Avatar. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. If you things like Avatar, it's like this is a level of spectacle, you know, that like is going to be enhanced by being in a theater. Totally. I don't think that's there with Roadhouse. Yeah. Like love you, Doug, Doug Lyman. But like, yeah. I don't think that's there with with Roadhouse. Yeah. And I don't know. I haven't seen it. But like it seems like a strange thing to try and convince like moviegoers that this deserves to be seen in a theater. Sure. Yeah. You know, and that's the argument that has to be made. Like as weird as this sounds, I'm like the world doesn't exist anymore where every movie that gets made is a theatrical release. Right. 
Like, would anyone have balked if Madam Web went straight to Netflix or something like that? Like, probably would have done better. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, pro- I'm sure people would have balked, but like, it, it, like, not every movie that is made is meant for a theater anymore, right? You know, and like, I'm trying my best to be objective here because I don't go to the theater a lot, so I'm like, you know. Everything should be. <laughs> my, yeah, like everything should be, uh, you know, released. But like, no, but like, that's what I'm saying is like, there are things that I'm like, I should see this in the theater. Of course. Whether I do or not is a whole nother thing. But like, I still have that no. moment where I'm like, mm, this is, this is a thing. I'd say most of the time you do. You go to see Oppenheimer and Barbie and Top yeah. Gun and Spider-Verse and the ones that you're like, I'm going to go see that Mission Impossible. Like, you're like, yeah, those movies that are meant true. to yeah. be seen there. You're like, I'm going to see this. So it's weird because I'm like, do I agree with Doug Lyman that Roadhouse should be a theatrical release? Not really. Not really. But like, do I believe that MGM, the Amazon MGM studios, which I feel like there's a whole level of depth with the it being an MGM release. Yeah. That like, I don't really grasp and like is hard to grasp without an understanding of the internal workings of Amazon. Yeah. Um, but like I, I don't know. What do you think? I'm, I'm. I've like backed myself into like a theological corner here. Well, it's weird because like I'm obviously someone who loves to go to the movie theater. Um, but the more you talk, the more I'm like I. I'm kind of on your side because, like, this is not the movie to be. It, it's funny because Lyman has made movies that are theater movies. Like he does yeah. that, you know. This is one that I'm like, it would make too much sense for it to hit streaming immediately. I'm like, oh, a Roadhouse remake? Like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. even though it's Jake Gyllenhaal, it's like, dude, like, Amazon does that all the time. You're like, oh, Chris Pratt and Chiwetel Ejiofor in a Antoine Fuqua movie that just hit Prime and had no marketing. It's like, that happens all the time, you know? Yeah. So, now, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I don't really, for this, I think it's a weird, I think it's really just strange for him to be doing this for this specific movie when it's like, just dude, just let people watch your movie. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> now, here's here's what I'll say in terms of that. Like, there's something to be said. If his problem is like, I don't want it just dumped on Prime and like, that it's gone. Sure. You know, like, I mean, we talk all the time about Netflix, just like, yep. And here it is. And like, it doesn't even like show up at the top of your stream or like, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I can get behind that of like, yeah, I don't, I want a theatrical release. So this doesn't just get like buried into nothingness. Totally. I can get behind that, but it's premiering at South by Southwest. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) not getting folded into nothingness. You know, it's not getting dumped onto streaming. Right. You know, um, and like maybe it does show up at the top for like two days and then everybody forgets that Doug Lyman remade Roadhouse with Jake Gyllenhaal and Conor McGregor. Like, right. But like, think about it. Conor McGregor will be no doubt promoting this all over social. Jake Gyllenhaal will be no doubt promoting this all over the place. Like the ways that things are marketed now are so different than they used to be that Mm -hmm. just because, you know, you don't you don't see this trailer before madam web it doesn't mean that nobody's going to understand what it is just because you don't see the trailer hit youtube or like play in front of anything doesn't mean that no one's going to see it like 
I think the word of mouth on this movie alone will be pretty strong. And it's kind of a bummer because all the stuff that Lyman is doing right now is actually making me more excited to see this movie and I think is putting it on more people's radars to then want to yeah. go just click play on it on Amazon Prime. Like, I don't know that I would go see this in a theater. I watch a lot of movies in the theater. I don't think Roadhouse remake was yeah. on my bingo card yeah. for this year. I'll watch it on Prime, you know? They've got yeah. a pretty good track record. <laughs> so I do want to put this out because I feel like this might be in play here is yeah. I think this movie was originally greenlit by MGM before they were acquired by Amazon. Oh, so I'm wondering if Lyman's concern is like, oh, yeah, I made this movie with MGM and then they got bought by Amazon. Now Amazon's here and is just like dumping it on streaming. Right. That I get. Sure that i get you know yeah. what i mean if and that would make sense of like yeah i started making this movie with this intent and now it's different but i i'm also in the same vein like yeah like life is tough in the big scary world yeah there was a corporate takeover and it's the way i don't know I, I have less sympathy with that because i'm like yeah doug lyman amazon bought mgm like things changed and that like that to me just makes me go Things change, Doug Lyman. Like, deal with it. Suck you know? it up. And People like, will see it. And like the, and you know, to that point, like picketing his not picketing, but um boycotting, boycotting the the premiere at South by Southwest, I think is an appropriate response to like you said you were gonna do this and then things change. Like, totally sure. Yeah. But like I don't know. It's not a Coyote versus Acme situation here, man. People will see your movie. It's going to be out there. You might even yeah. get a physical release out of it. Like, it's, it's, and again, like he even said, like, I got things going on with Apple and Netflix. And I'm like, so then why are you worried about this? Like, more people will see it on Prime than will see it in a theater, guaranteed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like a weird thing. It's, it, it seems like he's kind of just like stomping his feet because he didn't get his way. I, it, se- it seemed like that to me because I'm kind of yeah. like, I just don't, I don't know. It's it's a movie um, that's super unnecessary anyway. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to bat for a Roadhouse re- remake, my dude. It's a Roadhouse remake. Like, um, it, it could be amazing. Lyman is good at those, like, ridiculous set pieces. Yeah. Like, he does that. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, yeah, man. It's a ridiculous movie, but, like. It's a good time. I don't know. I'm going to scroll through <laughs> Doug Lyman's, uh imdb later and be like which of these would probably have just been a, a streaming release yeah a lot of them i think but yeah i think know. the born identity identity would probably make it an edge of tomorrow would probably make it but. true jumper maybe maybe it's possible i that saw one that in the, the theater. yeah yeah well I, there's no streaming when that i movie know came and out. it was sick <laughs> um oh, anyway anyway so streamers uh, kind of doing a lot. Doing a lot. Um, merging. Streamers are merging. Yeah. Uh, we talk about this all the time. You know, one studio basically acquires another one or in talks to, you know, be, like form a partnership. We saw this with Warner Brothers Discovery. We saw this with MGM and Amazon we just talked about. And now we may see this with Peacock and Paramount+. Plus. Um, yeah. It's coming from the Paramount end of things because Paramount, 
I think is just not doing well. I Paramount's having a bad day. Yeah. They don't have much, which is a problem. Um, and so I think for the past year and a half, they've been really looking to hitch their wagon to somebody else. Now, I yeah. assumed that it was going to be like a Warner Brothers or a Netflix or a Prime. Well, Warner Brothers Discovery was... They were in talks. Looking yeah. at them. Yeah, for pretty hard there. But... Looks like Comcast might be here to scoop them up. Not scoop them up, but create a Tag singular, team. yeah, a singular streaming service. Yeah. Um, which is funny because all of the conversation around this is the fact that, oh, look at this. Streamers are just creating cable once again, which is inevitably what's going to happen, you know. Um, yes. And this is just another piece of that puzzle. Paramount and Peacock, that's NBC. So that's Universal in paramount that's yeah. substantial in the world of that's movies. not yeah that's that's not nothing and it's interesting because i think i will say i think peacock is probably what i watch maybe not the most but top three uh, peacock's got some great stuff yeah and i mean peacock has all the the back catalog of like the office and parks and rec, parks and, rec and, and 30 rock and yep. new girl and you know Modern Family and the list goes on and on and every on and on. sitcom, <laughs> yeah, ever. Um, and also has great like first run stuff that comes up. Like, um, Oppenheimer is on yeah. Peacock right yeah. now, like exclusively. <laughs> and you're like, uh, okay. of all the places I thought Peacock, uh, Oppenheimer would land. It's like okay. <laughs> um, and its fucking app is really well made. It is. That's whenever I talk about Peacock, I'm like, this fucking just kind of works. But, um. And then Paramount, here's my thing, is I've been acutely aware of this. Paramount has pulled me, I canceled my Paramount subscription in like mid-December. Yeah. And I have Paramount again. Yeah, I get it from now. It pulled me back in. I get it from time to time. I just, oh, I need a month here, a month there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that got me was I could stream the Super Bowl there. Yeah. You know, um. But also, like, it has ghosts, and it has, like, Star Trek. And, like, I'm like, there's things that I'm like, there's stuff here, you it's, know? It's not insubstantial, yeah. So it's not nothing, yeah. So we've got two two streamers here that are, like, not nothing. Yeah. What do you think of them merging and or, like, bundling? Well, bundling? I don't know. It's weird because... The ones we've seen haven't really done anything to the price. Like Warner Brothers Discovery, I think, bumped it up a couple bucks. Amazon, MGM didn't do anything to their pricing. Um, Yeah. So I don't have a problem with Paramount and Peacock being under one roof. That's great. I mean, I I subscribe to Paramount or uh, to Peacock right now, but I would subscribe to both of them if they're under one. Now, if they double the price, that's a different story. But I don't think that's in the cards for any of these I think they yeah. they're too savvy to be like, well, let's charge twenty four ninety nine. Like, yeah, that's not. What's oh, going both on. of us are ten dollars. What if we just charge just, twenty dollars for yeah, it? Like, like no the, one's going to do that. That's not what's happening. You know, um, economics. So I'm like on board for it. You know, um, yeah. The less streaming streamers streaming apps I have to have on my phone, the better. To be honest, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and like, it's int- It there's there's some here you know like these are two apps that i'm like i'm like 60 percent on board with 
You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, like on their it's own. not enough. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not. I don't have a huge draw to it, but it's not enough for me to like cancel it. And like, you yeah. know, and like I said, the math is high enough for me to be like, yeah, I kind of want Peacock or I kind of want Paramount. Yeah. Um. And like. If both of these are at 60 hashtag math podcast, if both yeah. of these are like 60 percent and you're going to combine them. That puts me at 120 percent and I'm sold. I've got it. You know I've already I mean? had like, it. Yeah. Yeah. If all of this if all of this can be available, if both of these libraries can be available to me for less than both of them separate sold sold it's an easy thing yeah yeah it's the same kind of thing i did with disney plus and hulu where i'm like oh i can bundle these together and like spend six dollars less yeah a month cool sold so i like the bigger conversation here though i think is the the continued consolation Consolation, consolidation, consolidation. yeah. <laughs> um, consolidation or consolation is a different thing, but uh, of all of these streamers, yeah. And you know, we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago about Disney and Fox and Warner Brothers Discovery uh, bundling all of their sports stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, do we want to talk about? Where are we at here? Do we want to talk about like this compared to cable? Sure. Yeah, we got some time. Because that's that's the argument that we all that this always comes to is like, oh, yeah. it's just becoming cable. Yeah. Um which like But could it ever become cable? Yeah. Because cable was so beholden to advertisers still. That's where I'm yeah, like, well, I'm not getting the like where these things intersect because I'm like Yes, streamers are adding ad tiers to everything, but you can pay a premium, which is only a couple dollars more, to get no ads. Yeah. So where, why, like... I mean, it's, like, I think when people say this is all becoming just cable, it means, yeah, I pay one fee and everything comes to me. Sure. Sure. Why is that bad? It sounds great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I could pay Apple, we'll say... Because I think if anyone's going to be the end of the line, like overlord of all of this, it's going to be Apple. Yeah, they might just. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can pay Apple. 40 bucks a month. All right. Which yep. hurts. 40 yeah. bucks a month hurts, you know, yeah. like. But I get Netflix. I get HBO Max. HBO, I get Max Discovery, whatever. I get Paramount. I get Peacock. I get, you know, um. Uh, What's the one I'm missing there? Uh, no, I guess Apple Plus is what I'm thinking. Oh, Prime. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, I get all those and they're all folded in and it one charge for 40 bucks a month. Right. That sucks. That hurt. That $40 hurts. But like that $40 is not more than I'm paying. No. You know, I feel all less. happy. Dor- <laughs> I, I feel, feel all like honky dory that like, oh, yeah, I pay like $3 here and $4 there and $5 there. And then I just go down the list and I'm like, yeah, and then $20 for Netflix and then yeah. $10 for Criterion and then this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. Eventually like, you're at $85 and you're like, well. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's the thing is like the bundling of it all from a consumer perspective kind of is like not really that much of a problem. No. 
you know, I mean, we could get into a whole level of like, yeah, let's talk about antitrust issues and well, like, sure. you know, how like if it all gets bundled under one, then it's like, oh, $40. Actually, you know what? We're going to charge you $120. What are you going to do? Cancel? Like you're not going to have anything. Yes. A hundred percent. That's problematic. Which is a huge issue. And I think like. The, but that's also what antitrust laws are. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but I think like the whole like negative feeling towards bundles came about in a time where obviously cable was still very prominent, but people didn't understand that like Netflix was your cable. Like Netflix had everything because every no, there was no other yeah. streamer. So it's like in, for all intents and purposes, like point. Netflix was cable. It just, you know, it didn't have ads. And so yeah. now that everything has gotten, you know, parceled out to Paramount and Peacock and Max and whatever, like, nobody had people feel like they have to subscribe to everything anyways so it's just kind of like it's it's back in the day when you could sub to netflix and you would get all the universal stuff when it hit you'd get yeah the office and friends and parks and rec and all that stuff would already be on there so i think that people are just having this weird negative connotation or like reaction to the word bundle when it's like dude no it doesn't mean it's going to be cable it means that you don't yeah. have to sub like the amount of times i'm at work and people are like okay who's got a paramount login okay who has peacock okay do you have netflix okay we're gonna watch this yeah. at your it's like we don't have to do that if we just do this whole thing again and yeah. it's like it's not that much more than what i'm already paying for shutter criterion prime you know, Max. Yeah. Like- well, <laughs> and it's interesting you bring up like, oh, it's like a gut reaction to that kind of stuff because I think when streaming started taking over, it became like a point of thing of like, oh, I don't pay for cable. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a cord cutter. I just stream. I just, it's like, you know what well, I mean? What? All I do is have internet. And it's like, it's weird because that mentality of like cable bad, I don't pay for cable. I just pay for streaming is like, that's the same argument that's being had, yeah. you know, like cable bad, but it's like, but like, you're not getting cable, you know what I mean? Like, it's still just like stream whatever you want, whenever you want, right. you know, and it's weird. I'm like trying to think in my head of like, suppose I only subscribed to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything else. I'd pay 20 bucks a month for, for Netflix, but no Paramount, no Peacock. No Max, no anything. If Netflix got folded into a bundle mm-hmm. um, and I, it was like, oh, yeah, you have to pay. See, even I say I pay $20 for Netflix. I'm like, so like $40, it'd be like $60, whatever. Sure. So like we're saying, OK, this is going to get folded into a bundle where it's $60. You get Netflix and you get everything else. Mm-hmm you know, for $60. I'm tripling my money. Sure. But also like in that situation, Netflix is never going to let itself only be available in the bundle, that bundle. You know what I mean? Sure. Like if you look at Disney, like Disney ESPN and Hulu can all be bundled. And like, I think it's like $17 a month for all three. Right. But you can still subscribe to each one individually. If you just want Disney Plus, that's an absurd statement. If you just want Hulu, like (laughs) you can subscribe to Hulu and be fine with it. It costs you more than if you subscribe with the other two. Right. Which is like that's Cable's whole deal of like, yeah, you know, bundle home on home, uh, 
internet. No, it's not home and auto. That's it's um, well, it's like bundle internet. TV, phone, and internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's cheaper. Like that's a whole thing. But like mm-hmm. again, if you just I just pay for internet. I, like it. It's one of those things that everyone has this mentality of cable bad. Mm-hmm. And like what you're talking about in terms of it's going to be like cable. Yeah. Is not what cable was. No. You're just saying you're just hearing bundle and saying that's what cable was. Which is not what cable was. Which I mean, it's not what cable was. Yeah. It's funny because cable was the evolution of what everything became and then streaming yeah. came along and it's like I think also it's like people think cable where you can't choose what you're watching on cable you can only flip the channels oh there's ads there's com- it's like it's not going to be that like it may be in the future it could be like that if things go horribly wrong it's like the lack of control I think people are like but I can't do what I want to on here like yeah. I'm beholden to whatever the programmers are that are putting out the TV guide every single week and it's like yeah. it's not that's not true it's still your streamers guys it's still you being able to pause it <laughs> with no and ads. it's funny because <laughs> you take that mentality and you go back to like okay well people it's going to become cable like go back to the origins of when things became cable it's I know. like you went and like and I might date myself here but like in like a neg- like I might not know what I'm talking about here, but mm, like, mm. like you went from like four or five channels to like a ton of channels. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, that was the upgrade. It was like, Hey, so you have like ABC, NBC, CBS and Fox, I guess. But like, you're about to get all of this other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you get for cable. And that, you know, has evolved and whatnot. But like, you know, yeah, right now, if I just pay for Netflix, all I'm getting is those five. You know, right. all I'm getting is CBS. And this is getting a little way, away from me a little bit, but all I'm getting is CBS, ABC, NBC, and Fox. Like, yeah. But if you subscribe to the bundle, look at all of this other stuff that you're getting. Like, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's so, I don't know. It's like people are so latched on this negative connotation of cable. Yeah. When only 10 years ago, well, 10, a little 10-ish years yeah. ago was when every- Say 15 to be safe. Yeah, everyone, yeah, because 15 is now 2009, which is insane. But, um, you know, that's every, nobody batted an eye. It just was the way things were. And then within the span of probably about five to eight years, everything yeah. changed. And everyone started to get, honestly, a kind of like, uh, just pretty like ridiculous about all of this stuff. Where they're like, hmm. I feel like you're taking something from me when in reality it's like, no, I mean, this is just a better alternative to what it used to be no matter yeah. what. Um, and I don't know that people are like pissed off about the whole bundling becomes cable. I think they're just like, I think they just think it's funny. I think they're like, we're coming <laughs> all the way back around, man. Like it's not a, we, we the evolution yep, we is not that insane. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm and on like, board for the bundles. Like, let's do it. Merge yeah, everyone. Merge like, <laughs> from a business perspective. Like, cable was pretty good there, guys. Like, yeah, it was great. You know, worked. For, people still have it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Streaming has gotten everybody fucking freaking out over nothing. Pretty yeah. much. We're still getting. I mean, more. I think. I think we've said this before. Like, we'll be in an entirely different landscape in five years. Yeah. But like five years ago, we were in an entirely different landscape. Yeah. Five years ago, it was 2019. We got 
Endgame. We got Ford v Ferrari. We were eating good, man. I mean, there was <laughs> there was no Max. There was no Disney Plus. There was no Paramount yeah. Plus. There was no Peacock. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, then COVID, and lo and behold, here we and are. And everyone, huh? Maybe, maybe we can do this. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's what we got yeah. this week. <laughs> Don't be afraid of the bundle. Don't. Don't be. Monopolies you should That's, be afraid of, but bundles, no. Yes, yes. Uh, don't be afraid of the bundle, I feel like, is going to be an ad campaign at some point. <laughs> don't be afraid of the bundle. I mean, hey, your phone just heard it, and it's feeding it That's right true. into Bezos' ear right now. He's like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. Ooh, I take it back. If anything's going to have them all, it's going to be Amazon as opposed to Apple. Yeah, because Apple doesn't give a fuck, dude. They're like, whatever. Amazon's like, yeah. ooh, we could do something here. Um, or Amazon, Disney. I feel like... Amazon and Apple are the only two that like wouldn't appear on each other. Like, oh, yeah. Amazon stuff's never going to show up on Apple Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's funny because didn't you say that Netflix doesn't show up on the Apple Provision, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's because Netflix and Apple don't they don't don't like each they other. They don't play well, which is so weird. Anyway, anyway. Well, and there there's your counter argument to like you know <laughs> they, they're just not going to do it to to all of the bundle is like. Apple be like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> but all the small ones, it's really, it's all the small services that we, I find one thing on there a month, you know, whether yeah. it be the shutters or even Criterion. I'm like, I feel like that's in a different vein, but look, Hulu, yeah. all of this stuff. Um, it's all going to be, it's all going to be under one banner at some point. I guarantee that. Yeah. And if it's all just like one big bundle, just imagine all of the stress that you feel of like, oh, this is leaving my favorite streamer, but going to a different streamer. Yep. Like that's all just, that'll all still happen just like on the back end and you won't see it. It'll be like, oh, hmm, interesting. This has a Apple logo in the corner instead of a Netflix logo in the corner. Right. That's weird. Cool. But all the movies that premiere on like, like not first looks or si- simultaneous, but They'll all just be there. You won't have to be like, oh, man, Oppenheimer's yeah. on Peacock. I got to fucking sign up for Peacock now. It's like, it'll just be there. Yeah. It'll just be there. Um, so look at us trying to cape for the bundle. <laughs> just, <laughs> Capitalism. We got to do it. Um, but there you go, dear listener. That's what we have this week. Madam Webb, Doug Lyman, and streamers. <laughs> uh, Peacock and Paramount. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in honor of Madam Webb's just absolutely disastrous <laughs> opening, uh, we decided to give you a recommendation that was essentially uh, a box office bomb that we actually really, really enjoy, which, you know, that's not hard to find because there's a lot of great box office bombs that people that like nobody came to until later. But um, but yeah, this was a good prompt. So um, do you want to go first or would you like me to? Um, I can go first. OK. Um. I feel like I have to have a little bit of an asterisk on mine because I thought of my movie and then I went, ooh, can I recommend that? And then I like looked up its box office and I was like, ooh, it didn't do great. Sweet. I can recommend oh, this. So, perfect. Um, my recommendation is going to be a movie from 1984 Ooh. Um, that I don't think I've ever recommended, which is insane to me, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a movie called Streets of Fire. I don't know this movie at all. Oh, my Streets God. Streets of Fire. I am obsessed with this movie. This might be, I haven't watched this movie in a long time, but this might be one of my, 
up there in terms of what, yeah, baby Willem Dafoe, no wrinkles on that Willem Dafoe. Oh my God, um, what? But, uh, so Streets of Fire is a like crime movie, I guess you say, but it's like, it's, it's a rock and roll movie. Um, mm. within, I actually, I watched the opening scene earlier today when I was thinking about this within the first 40 seconds, this movie goes into like a concert performance. Mm that lasts for four and a half minutes. Love like the it. opening scene is just a full on like musical number and like eighties pop rock musical number. Um, okay. This movie is like, I, like neo noir is the way to describe it. Um, yeah, it's the about <laughs> a guy like th- this woman gets kidnapped and this guy, like this guy, um, Tom, Tom Cody. <laughs> Uh, goes on like a rescue mission and it's insane. Um, and this movie is like, I don't know. I love this movie. I'm like <laughs> not giving it justice in any capacity. Go watch awesome. the opening scene. <laughs> I mean, it's like Michael Pare plays Tom Cody, but also it's Diane Lane, Rick Moranis, Willem Dafoe, Moranis. Uh, Bill Paxton's in there for a minute. Robert Townsend shows up for a minute. That's what. Sure. It's one of those movies that's like, so wonderfully, wonderfully eighties, but yeah. like also like not quite eighties. I mean, it's, it, it is wildly eighties, but it like has a fifties vibe kind of thing. Oh, um, similar vibe. I feel like to, um, the warriors. Yeah. You know, similar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but this movie fits because, uh, it made $8 million on its $14 million budget. Ooh. Um, so no good, but, uh, this movie, I was saying earlier, this movie is high on my list of probable first watches, um, for my new, uh, downstairs theater Ooh, that I'm building. Yes. Um, because I am obsessed with this movie. Um, and I, I can't believe it's been so long since I've watched it, but I mean, I can't believe you've never really brought it up before. I, I've never, I, it's one of those ones I've always, it's always been in the back of my head, but I've never like every prompt we come up to never really like yeah sends me to it yeah um, but uh yeah streets of fire love it that's fantastic never heard of it added to my watch list immediately i'll probably yes. end up renting it in the next week or so that sounds fucking Absolutely. amazing um weirdly enough my movie might actually be a good double feature for this Ooh. also features musicians um it is from hold on let me check the date on that. 2001 uh, okay. This is the live-action Josie and the Pussycats movie, which I Ooh. have not, which I saw for the first time like late last year, because um, someone was like, "Oh, we have to watch this," and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Um, this is a movie uh, starring Rachel Lee Cook, uh, Rosario Dawson, and, and Tara Reid as three musicians who are part of like a a girl band essentially who are trying to make it big. They get kind of signed. Um, and then it becomes this really strange, surreal, like brainwashing conspiracy theory narrative that mm. is so ahead of its time that it is kind of shocking. This is like a straight satire movie. Like it almost feels like, um, uh, like Austin Powers in some sense. Yeah. Um, but 
just so deeply entertaining, so funny, ridiculous. Like, there's an entire product placement, like, thing going on that at first you're not quite sure if it's supposed to be this blatant, and then you're like, oh, no, wait a minute. And this is actually hilarious what they're doing here. This is, like, so in your face. But it's so, like, of the time, so 2001. But also I'm like, no, this played perfectly in 2023 when I watched it. I was like, this really, really makes yeah. a lot of sense. It's like funny, but it's ridiculous. Made with a ton of heart, directed by uh, Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont. Um, I, it's just like, it feels like a higher tier Disney Channel movie, honestly. Yeah. Um, that was just awesome. Like the music is good. The performances are good. Everyone understands the tone of what this ridiculous movie is supposed to be. Um, amazing sets, like kind of like weirdly... I don't even know how to put it. It reminds me a lot of Barbie, honestly, the way that their sets are designed yeah. and the costumes and everything like that. Um, but this movie is awesome. So weird. So not what I thought it was going to be. Um, so ahead of its time. And unfortunately, it made $15 million on a $22 million budget. So it did not Woof. do very well. Um, although it could have been worse, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie is just ridiculous in the best possible way. I feel way. like the uh, the biggest argument you can make for this this is the main place that it's streaming right now is on Criterion. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is a Criterion movie, y'all. Yes, and I think it's because Parker Posey is in it, and Parker Posey has, like, all of her movies on, on uh, Criterion right now, which <laughs> it's I'm like... like automatically... Uh, here we go. Um, yeah. Which I'm like, oh, Bo is Afraid should make its way on there, because Parker Posey I had Posey's forgotten that. that it was Rosario Dawson. Yeah, um, man. That's so weird. It's just like, again, like having it be Rachel Lee Cook and Tara Reid, I'm like, oh, this is so late 90s, early 2000s, like right yeah. right when they're like doing their thing. Um, yeah, very silly, but very self-aware, just really, really hilarious, like weird romp. I got to um, revisit this movie. I, I, I think I saw this movie back in the day. Yeah. I'm almost certain I saw this movie in the back in the day, but I, I got to revisit. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange in the best possible way thought it was hilarious so um there awesome. you have it there we go that i think would make a good double feature as you were describing your movie i was like wait a yeah. minute what <laughs> yeah that might be one of the better pairings i think we've done yeah very obscure obscure movies too which i'm like okay yeah yeah cool. um all right cool so that'll bring us home yeah. uh josh you want to tell people where they can where you can find you had it right the first time. I did. Okay. Tell people where they can find you on the internet. <laughs> yes. Uh, people can find me on the internet on Instagram or on Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you on the internet, Willis? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willis Film. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on pixelsplitters.com. Or you can find us uh, on Instagram and Letterboxd at pixelsplitters, where you can find all of our review, all of our recommendations. Uh Almost nailed it. Damn. It's all good. Uh, including Streets of Fire and Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, yeah. That sparked joy saying that. Like yes, that. That I know, good. right? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. good um, shit. Damn. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, streets of Fire, man. Literally, like, when we hang up, go watch the opening scene. It's so... Yeah. It, it's so much energy immediately. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I can't wait. And just seeing, so. like, I saw a uh, still of Willem Dafoe, and I was like, oh, my God. Yep. Oh, He's my God. He's the villain, too, and it's amazing. Oh, perfect. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. There we go. Um, 
I guess we have no real like announcements or anything. We're no. Coming up on the Oscars. Oscars are a coming few, up. A few yes. weeks left. Um, I, I think we'll probably next week or the week after, depending on which week it is, we'll probably do our final Oscar predictions. Just nail them down. Um, yeah. And then and then we're off to this big show. And then we're into it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Kind so of stay tuned. Yeah. Dear listener. Good lord. Um, yeah. And I guess that'll bring us to an end of pod.